Welcome to this week's podcast from Terelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to terelgancitychurch.com or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. So this morning I'm speaking about a value and our value of discipleship. Um, we've been speaking and we've been going over our values over the last um, few weeks, few months. It's taken us a while to get there, but we're up to the, we're doing the number, well, we're not, it's not really number four, but we're doing it, the fourth one. And, um, and then we've got one more to go. But I thought there's no better thing to talk about um, the value of discipleship when we're launching life groups, because it's pretty relevant, like it sort of works. Um, And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. Is that okay with you? Okay, that's good. I'm glad. Um, All right. So those of us that have been uh, in the church for a while will know what our, our vision statement is, and it is that we would transform people's lives through prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit, equipping the generations to reach our community with God's message with, of hope and love through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so from that, we get three things. From that, we get transform, we get equip, and we get reach out. Transform being people can come in as they are to encounter Jesus. Amen. We all can come in and encounter Jesus. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life, where we've been, what we've done. We can come in and encounter Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So good. Equip is to learn, have a go, and then excel at it and reach out, um, being in community and relationship and in a place of invitation of people in our lives. And so from that, we have five values, generosity, truth, excellence, discipleship, and family. And everyone can hear my son, Harry. It's like my mum ears prick up whilst I'm preaching. I'm like, there he goes again, screaming at everybody. Um, yeah, yes. One day, amen, we claim that and we declare that in Jesus' name. Harry being a preacher, he's practising to preach. He wants to be just like his mum, awesome. So anyway, last time I spoke when we were speaking about values, I spoke about truth and truth and grace and how we bring the full measure of both when we're in relationship with Jesus. We don't go um, full on grace and then no truth because that doesn't work. And we don't go full on truth and no grace because that doesn't work. But Jesus brings a full measure of both grace and truth. And so today I want to talk about discipleship. You know, at TCC... Everyone say TCC, because that's where we are. TCC, we want to see people equipped and empowered to follow Jesus passionately. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to follow Jesus, I want to follow him passionately. I don't want to be half in and half out. I'm all in. I'm going to be all in. And so that's what I'm going to speak about today, about being equipped and empowered to follow Jesus passionately. How do we get equipped and empowered to follow Jesus passionately? We do it by growing our faith in community with others. And we do it by growing our faith in our relationship with Jesus. That's how we do it. That's how we get equipped. That's how we get empowered. Discipleship is something that we are all called to do as followers of Jesus. 
to be discipled and to disciple. And so when we look at that, we think, okay, wow, how's that going for me? How am I, am I as a disciple of Jesus? Am I going okay? How am I going at discipling others? Am I, am I doing okay at that? Discipleship is so important to Jesus. Would anyone else in the room agree? It's so important to Jesus. Um, so important to him that he would put it in his last earthly speech to his disciples. That's how important it was to Jesus. And I don't know, when I think about his last earthly words, I think, wow, he thought it's so important to talk about discipling people in his last earthly words. He's seen that, he deemed that as important. I think about last words. And as I think about that, I think about the the last words of my nan, Nan Shirley. And I think about those all the time. What she said to me, I didn't know at the time it was going to be the last time I heard her voice. I was hoping um, when my nan was sick, she had um, breast cancer and I was still, she was not going too well, but I was still hoping that she would make it to my wedding, which was in a week's time. Still had a, a table place sitting for her and was really praying, God, you know, just I wanted to be able to make it to my wedding. Anyway, it was a few days before our wedding or maybe about a week before and I went to see my nan and um, she said to me as I was leaving, she said, you know what, Megs? Well, she called me Meg. She just always left off the S for some reason. And she said, you know what, Meg? If I can't make it, if I'm not there, just know I'll be thinking of you. And as I thought, and, and I said, oh, I th- you know, I'm still thinking, nah, she's going to be at my wedding, so I and I said, love you, Nan. And she said, I love you too, Meg. And I walked out of the room. And they were the last words that I, that was the last conversation that I ever had with my Nan. But her words carried weight in my life. And I love that how God orchestrates things so that I could get through my wedding. And on my wedding day, I had those I get emotional because I, th- I think about it. And on my wedding day, I had those words saying, if I can't be there, Meg. No one will be thinking of you. And just the fact that I knew, you know what, she, she's thinking of me. She wanted to be here. Just those words, they carried me through my wedding day. They carried me through that grieving process to, to know that um, it was just the right words that I needed to hear. And in my life to this day, these words still carry weight so much on my heart that it causes me to be emotional. It causes me to um, long to see my nan again. It causes all these things to happen. And so when I think about that, I think last words carry weight. And then I look at the last words of Jesus, his last earthly words, because he's still speaking to us all the time, but his last earthly words to us. And I think, wow. Have we really taken in his last words to us and let them sit on our hearts so much that we're like, whoa, I got to do something about this. Whoa, this is, gotta, this is laying um, weight on my heart that if I don't do something about it. And his last earthly words to us, if you're wondering, is in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. If you want to turn there, you can. It says, therefore... He said, before he said, therefore, he said, all power and authority I give you. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do those words move you this morning? Do those words carry weight in your life? Is it something that you remember and it allows you in life, you carry those words with you? Or is it like, hey, cool words, Jesus. Thanks for sharing, Jesus. Love just opened up the new Matthew. I'm like, yes, I finally made it to the end of Matthew. Cool, cool words, Jesus. Or do we allow those words to sink in and go, if Jesus said he's given me all power and all authority, and he said, therefore, go and make disciples, not just of one nation or one town or one country or one area, but the nations... Man, I need to let that carry some weight in my life. I need to let that do something that moves me to be a disciple of Jesus and to disciple others. If we want to be equipped and empowered to follow Jesus passionately, we need to understand what it means to be a disciple before we can disciple others. Isn't that interesting? So often we don't understand what it is to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus, but we're quick to show other people. Hey, you don't should be doing that. Jesus doesn't like it. <laughs> and, then they, and then they look at your life and they think, hang on, but you're doing that. You know, what's going on there? And so we need to learn what it is to be a disciple first before we disciple others. We need to learn what it is to follow Jesus before we say, hey, come follow me as I follow Jesus, you know? So I wanted to say today, what is a disciple? Jesus made it pretty clear about what it means to be a disciple. And if you want to turn with me to Luke 6 verse 40, he made it super clear Almost a slap in the face, which is great when you open the Word of God and you're like, it slaps you in the face. It's, it's great. It's a revelation. I mean, it doesn't literally hand of God come out and slap me through the Word, but spiritually, spiritually that's right. Slap you in the face. In Luke 6 verse 40, it says, a disciple is not above his teacher. I want you to hear that this morning. A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Some translations replace the word disciple with pupil or student. And I don't know about you, but I was hanging to get out of school. I don't want to be a student anymore. I don't have people telling me what to do and when to eat my lunch and when to have morning recess and whatever. I want to do my own thing. I didn't like school very much. But I'm still reaping the benefits of school now. I'm still reaping the benefits of what it is to be a student. I'm actually still learning stuff that maybe I should have paid attention in school, but John O knows and he teaches me now. I'm like, I didn't actually do year 12 maths because I couldn't stand it. He's like, what? I use maths all the time. I'm like, who uses algebra? I don't know. Anyway, sorry if you do. Yeah, okay, thank you. I've got got someone in the crowd. Come on. Um, But he's very good at that. I like X equals Y and whatever. I don't understand. Um... All that sort of stuff. That's right. But let me say this, hey, why are we talking about it? He was awesome. He was awesome at, um, he was an A++ student or something like that. Were you? He's looking at me, I'm going to get you later. 
um, anyway, you know what? You know what I found my feet when I went to Bible college? At the age of 20, I went to Bible college and I aced it. I got like A++. Pluses. I was like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my thing. I've never got A++ pluses before. Always got D and C and, you know, all those. And I thought, I found my thing. But even when I went to Bible college, I didn't learn at all. I hadn't arrived at the end of my 12 months and thought, there you go, tick, I'm ready to go. We are constantly learning. And so to be a disciple of Jesus actually means that we need to be a learner. You, need, you still need to keep your owl plates on even when you're trying to get to your peace. You have to keep your owl plates on for the rest of your life. That's a really bad thing for those that are learner driving. You're like, oh my gosh. If you're in New South Wales, you have to go at 80 for like forever. Um, but we have to constantly have an owl on the back of it and say, you know what? I'm following Jesus, but I'm still learning. I'm still learning all of this. I'm still getting a hold of it. And so we need to become learners. Some of us, that doesn't sit comfortable with us, but Jesus said, a disciple is not above his teacher. You haven't arrived. You haven't made it. We're never going to make it. Oh, you're like, that's so encouraging. But when, you know what I'm saying is, I'm saying this because we don't want to have so much pride that say, hey, I am a disciple of Jesus and I have it all together. I've got everything sorted. You ask me any question. Let's do a Bible quiz. I'm so bad at references in the Bible. I can tell you scriptures and what scriptures say, but then they say, oh, well, where is that in the Bible? I'm like, I can't know where do you? I don't know. I don't retain that information. I don't retain numbers. It's a story before, you know. But the thing is, if we have this heart that says, I'm, I'm not going to get to that place of pride where I think I'm a ride, but I'm always going to be a learner. I'm always going to just be like, you know what? I'm going to learn from you, Jesus. I'm going to lean into you, Jesus. Hey, teach me some more, Jesus. Teach me some more, Jesus. Hey, teach me some more, Jesus. And until the day you die, that should always be our attitude. Teach me more, Jesus. Teach me more. And as we are learning, what happens is, other people, we're, we're learning along, and then they're starting to learn back there. And they go, hey, I will follow you. You're like, yeah, cool. All right, let's do this thing. And they, and they follow along. You might only be a few steps ahead in the journey. And so then, as we learn to be a disciple, we learn to disciple others. The true goal of discipleship is not to make great Bible theologians or evangelists or preachers or leaders, the result of a discipleship is someone who's like Jesus. That's all it is. Someone who is like Jesus. And you know, all the rest of that stuff happens when you just say, I'm just going to be like Jesus. I'm just going to be like Jesus. What can be more powerful than that? And I love in Acts, the early disciples Set an example for us of what this looks like. If you want to turn with me to Acts 4 verse 13. Acts 4 verse 13, we can see in Scripture that Peter and John were speaking in front of priests, leaders, elders, rulers, teachers. And this is what they said of Peter and John. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men. Jeez, these guys are nice, aren't they? When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note 
that these men have been with Jesus. It's interesting that when they saw Peter and John, they didn't go, oh, wow, what knowledgeable men. Oh, wow, what amazing leaders. Oh, dude, we should get some keys off them, you know. Let's get the elders together and get them to do a conference. Because they got it all going on. Oh, wow, what powerful men. Oh, wow, how skilled are they with their words? I'm convinced. Aren't you convinced? I'm convinced. Wow, their words are amazing. Wow, their obedience is, their obedience is outstanding. Everyone's just trying to persecute them and they're like, we don't care. Wow, their obedience is amazing. Wow, did you just see the miracle these guys did? What a gifting. I want that gifting. Maybe if I hang out with him, it'll rub off on me. It's interesting that they didn't say that. They said, wow, these men have been with Jesus. Wow, these men have been with Jesus. They didn't look at anything else. They actually um, gave, said to them a few offensive things. They actually said to them, hey, you're unschooled. You're ordinary. But they gave the most, them the most amazing compliment. Hey, these guys have been with Jesus. These guys, they, it said, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They took note, they stood out. They could tell they had been with Jesus. When was the last time someone could tell you've been hanging out with Jesus, leaning off Jesus, leaning into Jesus, learning off Jesus, hanging out with people who love Jesus so much that you stood out? When was the last time that happened? And I was thinking about this and I was thinking about some of the stories that people had shared with me. And I was thinking, as I was putting this sermon together, I thought about Jason Demi. And Jason was telling me, you know what? I walk around the units now and everyone's like, hey, bless your brother. Hey, man, yeah. Awesome, yeah, praise Jesus, bless Jesus. They can tell that these guys, something's going on with them and I think they've been with Jesus. They've been hanging out in the Jesus community. Isn't that awesome? When was the last time that someone could say about you, hey, they've been hanging out with Jesus. Look at them. It's just oozing out of them. This is how we need to be as disciples of Jesus. So I was so encouraged when Jace told me that. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. That's so good that they're taking notes. Something's going on in your life and they're, even go- they're agreeing with you. They're like, bless you, brother. That's awesome. And I think sometimes we get stuck in our Christian bubble and think, oh, you know what? I'm all good. I'm just me and Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have to follow Jesus. But we have to make sure that we've got some people following behind us. As we look to Jesus, we point people to Jesus. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who is always learning and leaning into Jesus. The result being someone who is like Jesus. So what does it mean to disciple others? We've talked about what it means to be a disciple. What does it mean to disciple others? It means to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know we can lead people in dead relationships with Jesus? 
Do you know that? How do we lead people in dead relationship with Jesus? We act like Jesus is dead and he's not alive in our lives. We act like that. And we wonder why they don't notice anything different about us. Jesus is alive. There's that song, that old song. He's alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Someone knows that song. He's alive. He's alive. So why is it that sometimes we walk around like he's not alive in our lives? He's not alive in our lives. He's alive. Jesus is alive. I've heard it said before that we should always have a group. And this is awesome as we're launching our life groups. We should always have a group. People we are investing into and influencing for Jesus. People we are encouraging in their faith journey. Groups made up of different sizes. Do you know to have a group, you have to have more than one? I didn't do maths, but I can work that one out. You need to have more than one person to be classified as a group. And we are better in groups than we are on our own. Do you know what happens when you take a coal out of the fire? The coal dies off. But if you keep the coal in the fire, it stays alive. It keeps burning. And that's what happens as, as Christians, as we come together, we, we begin to just get our coals happening and, and they begin to burn. But when we stay in isolation, it dies off. Get this, Peter and John, who we were just talking about before, who got called unschooled and ordinary, but hey, they'd been with Jesus any day of the year, any day of my life, I would rather someone say, she's ordinary, she's unschooled, but she's been with Jesus. Any day. Oh, that would be a massive compliment. I'd be like, thank you, I'm so unschooled, I'm so ordinary, but I'd be with Jesus. Say that any day. You know, say some encouraging things too, but just, you know. But the thing is, get this, Peter and John weren't on their own being lone rangers trying to make a difference in the world. They were together and influencing lives together. We are better together. It's my slogan at the moment. We are better together. We are better in community. You know, in the scripture in Acts 4 where Peter and John were, it says in verse 7 that they had Peter and John brought before them. So Peter and John were in trouble because they just healed someone through a miracle, through God working through them. And they were in trouble because it caused this big, massive stir. And they, were, they called them before them, all the elders and the leaders and in the Sanhedrin, I think it was, called, was it was called. They called them in. Sanhedrin, there you go. We've got someone who knows what they're talking about. So he called them, they called them in. So get in here, Peter and John. Get in here. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today because of an act of kindness shown to a cripple and we are asked how he was healed, then know this, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Man, he had some guts, didn't he? To stand up and say, "Whoa, I'm so thankful that you asked me that question. I can imagine John in that moment being like, preach it, Pete. Yeah, so good. 
Yes, it's by the name of Jesus. That's right. Boom. Yeah. Can imagine him, you know, he's on the sidelines here going, whoa, preacher. Yes. That's right. We just hurry miracle. We're kind. That's it. He was, he was encouraging him as he was speaking to these power, these rulers and authorities. I can see him doing that. Can you? I can see him doing that. Encouraging his brother as he stood up to these people. Can you imagine when they were released, what the walk back to their friends and family would have been like? Who would have loved to be a fly on the wall with that conversation? Man, it would have been awesome. I think it would have gone something like this. Peter, when you spoke those words, oh, I just felt the Holy Spirit in the room. I just felt the Holy Spirit in the room. It was just moving everywhere. People were just like getting annoyed and it was just they were getting touched. Like something was happening in the room when you just spoke up. When, you, when they asked that question and you stood up, whoa, could see something happening in the room. It was so good. You know, something just shifted. And be like, yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah, totally, man, totally. You know, I think that was the best preach I've ever heard. You do? Yeah, yeah, man. And they're walking on their way back to their family, encouraging each other. Our faith grows when we are in community. We are better together. We are better in community with other people. Can you imagine how lonely that walk home would have been if he didn't have the two of them there saying, talking about the experience? I don't know if you've ever been to a conference or you've been to um, something, an amazing concert and the drive home, it's electric. The drive home, you're like, whoa, that was cool and that was amazing and they did this and oh, and this happened. And, you know, when we came home from History Makers and we were talking about it on Tuesday night, they're like, I loved Thursday night because I felt the Holy Spirit move in my life. And I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. What did you feel? Oh, I felt this. And we were encouraging each other. We are better. Something happens, something grows when we get together and we talk about Jesus. Our faith grows. That's what happens. Our faith grows. We are better in community. What happens when other believers share their stories? And we don't just do life just on a Sunday. When people step out in faith and share their testimony, I don't know about you, but I get inspired. I get encouraged. I get spurred on, just as it says in Hebrews 10 verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Do you know it's so important that we meet together? It is so important that we meet together. You might think I just say that because, hey, I'm the pastor and I want to see heaps of people in church. No. I know what happens when we get in community. We, our faith grows. I don't know about you. I can come into church feeling miserable and I feel like I go out on a cloud. Like I'm like, whoa, I'm ready to take on this week and preach Jesus to my friends. Something happens when we get in community. Our faith grows. So many of us can get stuck in our stagnant walks with God and we can feel dry and all it took is getting in the right environment, getting around the right people, getting into God, being in community. Discipleship is about helping people grow in their faith to become more like Jesus. The discipleship process is messy because people are messy. I'm pretty messy physically and spiritually. My house is a mess. 
But we're, we're all little messes going on. But that's okay. Jesus isn't scared of mess. Are you? I'm not scared of mess. Because what does God do? What does Jesus do? He takes our mess and he makes it amazing. He takes the ordinary and he makes it extraordinary. How do we get equipped and empowered to follow Jesus passionately? We do it by growing our faith and community with others. We do it by growing our faith in relationship with Jesus. Discipleship, as a finish up, discipleship is something that we are called to do. If Jesus' last earthly words to us were, go and make disciples, how are we going with that? We can't just be a disciple, but we need to disciple others. So as I finish up, I want to say to you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for someone to come and tell you a great idea? Hey, we should go and disciple others. You've already been told. Jesus already told you. And so we don't have to wait for anything. We can get out there and we can go, hey, you know what? I've I've got the big owl learner on my back. I'm learning about Jesus, but hey, you can follow along and let's learn together. You might graduate to your P's, but I'm still going to follow you. I'm still going to learn from you. We can learn from each other. We don't all have it together. And have it together. As we, we're going to stand right now. And as we stand, I want you to be encouraged this morning. I'm just going to put some music on. That would be great. Thanks, Johnny. We're going to put some, just, we just, I just want us to take a moment right now to realize the seriousness of what it is to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, of what it is to disciple others. And, you know, let's do a little assessment. How am I going being a, a disciple, Jesus? How am I going being your disciple? Are there things that I need to work on? Are there things that I need to do? How am I going at discipling others? You know, am I being a good influence? Because if I'm not, God, help me. Speak to those things in me that, that aren't being, that aren't good and that I need to change. Just take a moment right now to talk with God and say, God, How am I going at this? You know, maybe you don't know Jesus. You're in this room today. You don't know who Jesus is. Jesus is a best friend that you never knew about until today. Jesus is your best friend and the most amazing, amazing person that you could ever meet. And He loves you. So if you're standing here today and I have no idea what you're talking about, we would love to chat to you and talk to you about who Jesus is. But in this moment right now, let's just do a little assessment and check on ourselves. God, how am I going at being your disciple? Jesus, how am I going at discipling others? Have I got a group? Have I got people that I'm investing in? Or am I making it all about myself? God, help me to look around and connect with those that are in my world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Help us, Lord, as we stand here to be who you've called us to be. God, to be followers of Jesus. God, help us to to uh, disciple others, to say, hey, as I'm following Jesus, hey, why don't you follow with me? Let's do this thing together. Let's journey together. God, I thank you that there's people in this room right now that have people in their lives that they need to begin investing into. And so I pray, God, that as you do that, as you speak to them, God, that you would, um, you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. That, God, you would just move right here in this moment. I thank you, Jesus, that there are people right now, you're giving us names right now, God, that you want us to invest in, that you want us to help. God, I believe God right now is dropping some names into your heart. Don't brush them off. But say, okay, God, show me how I can build that relationship. How can I connect those people in? How can I help them? And I believe there's people in the room that right now that are like, God, I just need to get better at being your disciple. I need to get better at following you. And if that's you today, you know what? Jesus loves someone with a humble heart that says, hey, I just want to learn and get to know you more. And so, God, I just pray right now. Thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you, God, that, that you are going to grow us, that as we, as we launch our life groups, we're going to grow in our faith, in community with others, and our faith in our relationship with you, Jesus. So I pray right now, God, help us, Lord. We don't have all the answers. We don't have it all together. But God, we want to be able to point people towards you and say, hey, come follow me as I follow Christ. And I thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged that, you know, don't be a group of one because that's not a group. Be a group of many and, and get some people in your world that, and maybe you're, you're here today and you're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't even have a group. I don't know who to, come and see me. I'll put you in a group. Uh, uh, there's heaps of people here that would love to hang out with you. Um, and so we can sort that out. Um, a perfect opportunity is join a life group. If you feel like you're in isolation, you're doing it alone, you're doing your relationship with Jesus alone, hey, come and join in community with others and, uh, and do that. That'd be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. For more information about TCC, check out TerrellganCityChurch.com.